Volume four, chapter eight of Cecilia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Jeanne. Cecilia, Memoirs of an Heiress by Fanny Burney. Volume four, chapter eight. A mistake. Meantime, young Deville failed not to honor Cecilia's introduction of him to Mr. Harrel by waiting upon that gentleman as soon as the ill effects of his accident at the Pantheon permitted him to leave his own house. Mr. Harrel, though just going out when he called, was desirous of being upon good terms with his family, and therefore took him upstairs to present him to his lady, and invited him to tea and cards the next evening. Cecilia, who was with Mrs. Harrel, did not see him without emotion, which was not much lessened by the task of thanking him for his assistance at the Pantheon, and inquiring how he had himself fared. No sign, however, of emotion appeared in return, either when he first addressed or afterwards answered her. The look of solicitude with which she had been so much struck when they last parted was no longer discernible, and the voice of sensibility which had removed all her doubts was no longer to be heard. His general ease and natural gaiety were again unruffled, and though he had never seemed really indifferent to her, there was not the least appearance of any added partiality. Cecilia felt an involuntary mortification as she observed this change, yet upon reflection she still attributed his whole behavior to his mistake with respect to her situation, and therefore was but the more gratified by the preference he occasionally betrayed. The invitation for the next evening was accepted, and Cecilia, for once, felt no repugnance to joining the company. Young Delville again was in excellent spirits, but though his chief pleasure was evidently derived from conversing with her, she had the vexation to observe that he seemed to think her the undoubted property of the baronet, always retreating when he approached, and as careful when next to her to yield his place if he advanced, as when he was distant to guard it from all others but when Sir Robert was employed at cards, all scruples ceasing, he neglected not to engross her almost wholly. He was eager to speak to her of the affairs of Mr. Belfield, which he told her wore now a better aspect. The letter, indeed, of recommendation which he had shown to her had failed, as the nobleman to whom it was written had already entered into an engagement for his son. But he had made an application elsewhere which he believed would be successful, and he had communicated his proceedings to Mr. Belfield, whose spirits he hoped would recover by this prospect of employment and advantage. It is, however, but too true, he added, that I have rather obtained his consent to the steps I am taking than his approbation of them, nor do I believe, had I previously consulted him, I should have had even that. Disappointed in his higher views, his spirit is broken, and he is heartless and hopeless, scarce condescending to accept relief, from the bitter remembrance that he expected preferment. Time, however, will blunt this acute sensibility, and reflection will make him blush at this unreasonable delicacy. But we must patiently soothe him till he is more himself, or while we mean to serve, we shall only torment him. Sickness, sorrow, and poverty have all fallen heavily upon him, and they have all fallen at once. We must not, therefore, wonder to find him intractable when his mind is as much depressed as his body is enervated. Cecilia, to whom his candor and generosity always gave fresh delight, strengthened his opinions by her concurrence, and confirmed his designs by the interest which she took in them. 
From this time he found almost daily some occasion for calling in Portman Square. The application of Cecilia in favour of Mr. Belfield gave him a right to communicate to her all his proceedings concerning him. And he had some letter to show, some new scheme to propose, some refusal to lament or some hope to rejoice over, almost perpetually. Or even when these failed, Cecilia had a cold, which he came to inquire after, or Mrs. Harrell gave him an invitation which rendered any excuse unnecessary. But though his intimacy with Cecilia was increased, though his admiration of her was conspicuous, and his fondness for her society seemed to grow with the enjoyment of it, he yet never manifested any doubt of her engagement with the baronet, nor betrayed either intention nor desire to supplant him. Cecilia, however, repined not much at the mistake, since she thought it might be instrumental to procuring her a more impartial acquaintance with his character, than she could rationally expect if, as she hoped, the explanation of his error should make him seek her good opinion with more study and design. To satisfy herself not only concerning the brother but the sister, she again visited Miss Belfield, and had the pleasure of finding her in better spirits, and hearing that the noble friend of her brother, whom she had already mentioned, and whom Cecilia had before suspected to be young Delville, had now pointed out to him a method of conduct by which his affairs might be decently retrieved, and himself credibly employed. Miss Belfield spoke of the plan with the highest satisfaction, yet she acknowledged that her mother was extremely discontented with it, and that her brother himself was rather led by shame than inclination to its adoption. Yet he was evidently easier in his mind, though far from happy, and already so much better that Mr. Rupel said he would very soon be able to leave his room. Such was the quiet and contented situation of Cecilia, when one evening, which was destined for company at home while she was alone in the drawing-room, which Mrs. Harrell had just left to answer a note, Sir Robert Floyer accidentally came upstairs before the other gentlemen. Ha! cried he the moment he saw her. At last have I the good fortune to meet with you alone. This indeed is a favor I thought I was always to be denied. He was then approaching her, but Cecilia, who shrunk involuntarily at the sight of him, was retreating hastily to quit the room, when suddenly recollecting that no better opportunity might ever offer for a final explanation with him, she resolutely stopped, and Sir Robert, immediately following, took her hand, and pressing it to his lips as she endeavoured to withdraw it, exclaimed, "'You are a most charming creature!' when the door was opened, and young Delville at the same moment was announced and appeared. Cecilia, colouring violently, and extremely chagrined, hastily disengaged herself from his hold. Delville seemed uncertain whether he ought not to retire, which Sir Robert, perceiving, bowed to him with an air of mingled triumph and vexation, and said, "'Sir, you're most obedient.' The doubt, however, in which every one appeared of what was next to be done, was immediately removed by the return of Mrs. Harrell, and the arrival at almost the same moment of more company. The rest of the evening was spent, on the part of Cecilia, most painfully. The explanation she had planned had ended in worse than nothing, for by suffering the baronet to detain her, she had rather shown a disposition to oblige, than any intention to discard him, and the situation in which she had been surprised by young Deville was the last to clear the suspicions she so little wished him to harbour, while on his part the accident seemed to occasion no other alteration than that of rendering him more than usually assiduous to give way to Sir Robert whenever he approached her. 
Nor was Sir Robert slack in taking advantage of this attention. He was highly in spirits, talked to her with more than common freedom, and wore the whole evening an air of exulting satisfaction. Cecilia, provoked by this presumption, hurt by the behavior of young Deville, and mortified by the whole affair, determined to leave this mistake no longer in the power of accident, but to apply immediately to Mr. Deville Sr., and desire him, as her guardian, to wait upon Sir Robert himself, and to acquaint him that his perseverance in pursuing her was both useless and offensive, and by this method she hoped at once to disentangle herself for ever from the baronet, and to discover more fully the sentiments of young Delville, for the provocation she had just endured robbed her of all patience for waiting the advice of Mr. Monckton. End of chapter 8 Recording by Jeanne Washington, D.C.